Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 534 and the Black Crows with Bax and Nagel and Marty Caproni on Rock 102. Day two. Day two. <laughs> Day one was so great. <laughs> that was I, fun. But uh, today is going to be uh, pretty cool. We're going to be talking to uh, Albert, Albert Bouchard. Now you may say, well, who's that guy? Yeah. He was the original drummer for Blue Oyster Cult. More cowbell. This is the guy, I believe, did the cowbell. Oh, the most legendary cowbell ever in the history of music. Yeah, he's got a a brand new solo record out, plus he's doing a bunch of other stuff too. So Albert Bouchard from Blue Oyster Cult will join us after 7 o'clock today. This is, uh, you know, every time I come in, you got a bigger name and a bigger name. We went Eric Estrada, now we're Al Bouchard. I'm excited for next time. Yeah, but I've kind of... I've kind of blown it for the week now. This, <laughs> that's it. That's it. Nothing else. Uh, it's going to be partly cloudy today, a high of 90. Uh, tonight, clear, low of 65. Tomorrow, mostly sunny and a high of 82. It's currently, uh, I don't know, 64 degrees in downtown Springfield. It's 535 in Rock 102. Springfield's Clap. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 555 in Van Halen. With Bax and Nagel and Marty Caproni on Rock 102. Partly cloudy today. Hot and a high of 90. Tonight, clear, low of 65. Tomorrow, mostly sunny. A little bit cooler with a high of only 82. It's 65 degrees right now in downtown Springfield. Albert Bouchard from Blue Oyster Cult. The guy who I believe is the guy with the cowbell. He is the guy with the cowbell. Yeah, I think so. We'll be talking to him after 7 o'clock today. From uh, so Albert Bouchard's got a brand new solo record out it's a uh, kind of a convoluted um uh you know, theme record it's a uh, but uh, well, i'm sure he'll explain what's going on it's a uh, it's a little out there so but uh, but albert's albert's going to be fine just after seven i'm looking forward to hearing that explanation well i i, uh, I tried to uh, read up on uh, this is like the third of a three-part trilogy that the guy's been working on since the 60s and, uh, you know, he's finally gotten these things out there. And it's like a lot of concept records, you know, have like a definitive story. There's a beginning, a middle, and an end. Right. That's totally unclear in this situation. It's like, <laughs> well, they started in the 60s, so that tells you. you yeah. Know, well, I, I think. A lot of acid back then. Who uh, knows? Probably you know? more mushrooms that when <laughs> it was taken yeah. in, a, in a raid in Springfield. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Marty Caproni is here. He's got the big shows coming up. Uh, tomorrow and thursday we do yeah wednesday and thursday um loft comedy club in chicopee uh view street tavern 92 view street uh we have mark normand one of the uh hottest comics in the country selling out two and three thousand seat theaters all over and uh, we sort of tricked him into coming to good old chicopee <laughs> for a uh, wednesday and thursday he wants to work on some stuff in an intimate environment so uh, if you're a comedy fan, uh, you should check it out. If you're a fan of Mark Norman, you 100% should already have your tickets. But they're still available at loftcomedyclub.com. Grab your tickets and come on out. It sounds good. It's 557 with Bax and Nagel and Marty Caproni. And Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, your grilling headquarters, Weber, Big Green Egg, Uni Pizza Ovens, and Traeger Wood Fired Grills. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? 
Well, folks, tonight is baseball's midseason classic, the All-Star Game, an annual tradition signifying the halfway point between the exciting first half of the baseball season and the second part in which teams face the humiliation of almost certain mathematical elimination. But for tonight, it'll be the American League versus the National League facing each other in a rambunctious, partially irrelevant exhibition between some of the greatest overpriced talent in the game. Of course, I should point out, that the American League has won the last nine All-Star matchups, and tonight promises to be no different when both sides meet up in Seattle. And while the Boston Red Sox are grossly underrepresented in this year's All-Star activities, what with reliever Kenley Jansen being the only Red Sox player on the roster, I'm sure the lack of active Boston players will hardly have an effect on the final outcome. Of course, you will see guys like Mookie Betts, J.D. Martinez, Craig Kimbrell, and Nathan Eovaldi playing tonight. But of course, they're all representing other teams. Because you see, none of them play for the Red Sox anymore. If they had, then there would be five Red Sox players in the All-Star roster. Instead, Kenley Jansen is the guy, only guy, representing a team that no longer cares about retraining and retaining high-priced all-star level talent. And perhaps one day, Kenley Jansen might be among those players that can't get a decent contract from the Red Sox. But hey, that's tomorrow's problem. Right now, the focus should be on whether I'll be watching the all-star game or whether I'll be lucky enough to find other things to occupy my time. Because while I love watching meaningless exhibitions like the next guy, I keep my fingers crossed that something else might come up. Perhaps something a little bit more interesting, like a medical emergency or a blackout. Until that happens, I'll be placing my sports wagering dollar on another American League blowout. Why? Because why not? If losing a few bucks is the only thing that's going to make the all-star game from being a totally pointless scrimmage, then I say, what the heck? You might as well go big on this one because that'll be the only fun you'll be seeing tonight. But hey, and if I'm Yappin' Sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Rocky's not only has the best grills, Weber gas grills, Traeger wood pellet fire grills, the Big Green Egg, Uni outdoor pizza ovens, and the Blackstone outdoor griddles, Rocky's also has the grilling gear and the fuel. Up your grilling game today at Rocky's Ace Hardware, your grilling destination. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock at 6.09 and ACDC with Bax and Nagel and Marty Caproni on Rock 102. Oh, Bax, I'm, uh, I'm happy to be back on. I'm, I'm enjoying the week. I, uh, it's only Tuesday. There's plenty of time for you to really it, hate being I here. It felt like Friday. Yeah. It felt like Friday yeah. for some reason. I, uh, I think by the end of, uh, I don't know, say Thursday, maybe coming into Friday, you might be just working on fumes. I'm, uh, yeah, yeah. I've, uh, cause we got those, the big shows at Loft. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to be working those. That's, uh, Wednesday and Thursday. And then tonight I'm performing way up in the mountains. So I literally have to leave here, drive up there, take a nap, perform, get back in the car, drive, try to make it as far back as I can get. <laughs> and then probably sleep at a rest stop or sleep at a hotel. And then, yeah. and then, uh, and then make my way uh, back down here. So, what time should I call you? Uh, <laughs> if I'm not here, my usual disheveled self running down the stairs at five twenty-five. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, call me. Uh, I will call you. Yeah, yes. Um, but I was laughing because uh, you know I wasn't even. I didn't think I was tired yesterday. I felt like I was fine. You were you? I thought you were pretty alert. I thought we had a fun show, but you know, Facebook has a way. <laughs> Facebook has a way of taking the fun. Yeah, uh, out of everything. I notice that whenever things uh, appear to be going pretty well, there's always someone willing to destroy it with yeah. a with a good comment. And I got to be honest, ninety nine percent of the listeners have been so cool to me 
when I fill in. You know, like like I was telling you, the response is really cool when I yeah. go somewhere or whatever, and they're like, oh, my God, I love when you fill in. It's great. It's good to have you on the radio. I love the show. You guys are great, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> That's the way I felt yesterday leaving here, and then I got home, and, you know, I'm I'm uh, ready to settle in for a nice nap. And uh, my buddy sends me a screenshot from the Chickabee group and uh, on Facebook. And off to the group I go, uh, killing my nap. A lady made a post, and she said, uh, Anyone else listening to Bax and Nagel this morning on Rock 102? Nagel sounds hammered. <laughs> Anyone else, or is it just me? <laughs> well, Kelly Nearing. <laughs> not to point fingers or embarrass anybody publicly, but it Kelly, was, you hope you're listening. It was not uh, It was not Nagel, but I, of course, wasn't going to just let that go without having some fun. So I tagged Steve in a, in a comment that said, this lady is very concerned about your well-being, Steve. Are you okay? Is there anything we can do for you? <laughs> <laughs> she promptly responded, I wasn't even there. Um, I uh, I then responded with a series of emojis of Jimmy Fallon drunk, uh, winking, saying, see you guys all tomorrow. Uh, I appreciate the people that did uh, immediately have my back and jumped in and said, that's not Steve, it's Marty. That's, uh, a, that's a totally different drunk. Yeah, yeah. I did make a joke where I said, uh, you know, don't feel bad. Uh, you didn't mishear it. I sound drunk because... I have a traumatic brain injury from the time I rushed into a burning liquor store to save all the little orphan bottles of Jack Daniels. So <laughs> that I, was one of your finest humanitarian thing, moments. Thing. Yes, well, yeah, you know, for the community. Uh, but just to alleviate any uh, concerns that Kelly may have, I am not drinking on the job. Uh, I don't have the ability to uh, with this schedule. I'm just loading up on coffee and iced tea. <laughs> To make it through the See, next that, three that days. That shows a remarkable amount of commitment. There are many people that would come in here only drunk. <laughs> Try, you know, the only way they could find themselves doing this. The thought has occurred to me at times that uh, it would be fun to do this show uh, really drunk or after eating one of those uh, edible gummies or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I feel like, um, you know, with the FCC regulations, that probably wouldn't end well for us, you know. Well, um, having been in this uh, business for God knows how many years, um, the, I think the one of the first times I was on the air, yep. I was loaded. And <laughs> it's... They were, we were having like a... I was working at a radio station, we were working, you know, kind of part-time, and... It was like a like a staff uh, party. Oh, those are my favorite. Cause at a bar. That's all the sales guys getting hammered. Right, and <laughs> and uh, you know I'm I'm making part time wage, so all the salespeople are buying me drinks. When you can't turn down free drinks when yeah. you're young and need money. Of course. Right. So you know the party starts at four, and around six thirty, the boss tells me, "Hey, the night guy is still on the air. He can't come down here. So why don't you go on the air for him and tell him to come on down here." Recipe for disaster. And I and I say to my boss, I said, um, I've been drinking since four. You you <laughs> sure you want to do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just 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 go. Don't worry about it. All the managers aren't going to be listening to it. Don't worry about it. You can't possibly get any any trouble. So I go down the radio station. I tell the night guy, I say, listen, they want you down at the party and they want me to fill in for you. And the guy says, Are you sure you want to do that? I'm like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. The the, my, the boss said it's okay. So he leaves and I go. And the guy's name was this uh, again, uh, Craig Kilpatrick, Craig and Kilpatrick. It, his air name was Killer Kilpatrick because, right. of course, it would be right? right. So I go on the air and I'm, you know, I'm nervous and I'm loaded, and uh, 
We go on the air, come out of, I don't know what the hell we were playing, and the first thing out of my mouth, hey, is, uh, hey everybody, it's uh, Bax, and I'm uh, killing in for filler. I'm like, well, there you go. And it <laughs> only got worse after that. So uh, after that, I realized, you know what, doing this drunk is not productive. No. As, as much fun as it sounds, like if you were doing it at night, that it might be really cool to be a little... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's- you know, uh, medicated in some way, it's not cool. In fact, it's it's the way people get into trouble. I, uh, well, comedy similarly, you know, when you go do a show, you get pretty much all your drinks usually taken care of. Sure. One of my first shows ever at the Comedy Connection in Rhode Island, the old owner, uh, I don't know if I have, do I have time for this story? Sure you do. Maybe you time. The old owner who was like a stereotypical comedy club owner, uh, just, you know, completely off the rails uh, party animal, he had me down. I was doing the um, Friday show. I was hosting. It was supposed to be one show Friday, two shows Saturday. I was nervous. It was my first weekend, quote unquote, on the road in a hotel, working in a comedy club. I went up. I had a great first set. I immediately celebrated coming off stage by lining up six pints of Jack and Coke and downing them one after another. That's, I, that's smart. Yeah. Smart move, right? Yeah. And then uh, at the end of the show, people are saying, hey, great job, great job, you know, blah, blah, blah. And this kid comes up to me, and he's like, you're Marty, right? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, how do I how do I spell it? And I turn, and I, you know, obviously you're overconfident at that point. You're a new comedian. You're delusional. I go, oh, buddy, I'm not famous. You don't need my autograph. He goes, I don't want your autograph. I'm the other comic running the late show. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh, I'm not on the late show. I am only contracted for three shows. He goes, well, that's not the way it works here. The late show is a hardcore show. We, it, as crazy as you want to be, and the owner likes you so much, he wants you to close out the show. And I was like, that sounds great, but I just drank six pints of Jack and Coke. So he's like, well, I don't know what to tell you. You better go talk to him. So I go up to him. And I go, hey, buddy, I, I didn't know there was another show. I drank six pints of Jack and Coke. He's like, ah, it's all right. I'll just have him move you to the middle of the lineup. I said, okay. So he moved me to the middle <laughs> of the lineup. That was the compromise. Trying to stay sober, trying, hoping it doesn't kick in. I get up on stage, the middle of the lineup. I start killing for the first, like, uh, six minutes of my 15-minute set. And then, boom, the lights just go out. I don't know. All I know is I'm like, so it, is, blah, 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 blah. it just hit you me. Pa- did you pass out? Nope. Just I a blackout. Was, I was a blackout. And uh, when I came to, I was standing on stage holding the microphone, drooling out of my <laughs> mouth out of my shirt. <laughs> and all the comedians, you know, in the business, they give you a light when they want you to wrap it up. Right. All the comedians from the showcase, including the owner of the show and one of the waitresses, are waving their phones around like, get off the stage. And I walked off the stage. You know, I mean, you you can I, it's it's you can even see the progression. It's like it was so- all right. Here's he's good. He's good. Oh boy, now he's falling off the cliff. I'm telling you, it was like everything was going great for six minutes, and then there was one minute where I was fighting it, and it was like, well, I got to do my time, and then that one minute, boom, lights out. Yeah. <laughs> all over myself and uh and i never drank that way again i'll yeah. have a few drinks now you know i've been doing this long enough but i'll have a few drinks now but i you, you six pints uh well i mean 
Listen, if if you didn't realize you were going to be doing a late show, yeah, okay, maybe six, maybe like two pint, three pints, that would have been that would have sufficient. You know, three pints would have been sufficient on any day. Sure, right. But I was so jacked up on adrenaline. You know, when you do well and you're new at this, and you're like, oh my god, <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight unless I take this edge off. You know. So and I was like, I got to ride back to the hotel. I got nothing to worry about. Boom, 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 one after another. And I was sitting in the green room after the room was spinning. I was just had my hands on my legs, my head in my hands. And the Charlie uh, Murphy's opener was on the show, and uh, this kid Freeze Love, really funny comic, and he goes, "Man, you were real funny, man, but I got to give you a tip of advice. You okay?" I go, "Yeah." And he goes, "If you know you're on stage, man, you can't get that messed up." I go, really? I can't. Thank you for that. I didn't know I was going to be on stage. And he goes, oh, man, that's messed up. They did that to you. And that was it. Wow. That's yep. unbelievable. Yep. Yep. So I, I would imagine the crowd was with you for a little while. I'm, I wonder I wonder what the what the progression you know what? of the crowd <laughs> must have been. When a crowd likes you, they they trust you when you have their trust and they like you, you can go to whatever place you want to go with them. And they'll usually stay with you unless you get real crazy, you know, and you could see it in their faces that they were, they were with me. They were ride and die. This guy's great. We love him. Oh, what's, what's going on right now? What, what did he say? I don't know. What did he say? Do you think he's having a stroke? Like it was like, it shifted to concern for my well-being. <laughs> To then just utter disappointment. Like everyone's like about to dial the final one yeah. in nine one one just in case you fall off the yeah, stage. Exactly. Then and then and then the the first show, you know, two hundred and fifty people leave and everybody's like, We loved you. So you're you're on top of the world when you're new at this, you know what I mean? And then the response when everyone left the second show was like, Hey man, are you all right? Just people putting their hand on my back. Hey man, it's okay. It's okay. you'll get them next time, man. It's all right. You sure you're okay? <laughs> Very that's humble. awesome. Yeah. yeah, that's good. That's yep. good. Well, you'll have uh, plenty of opportunity to do that tonight yes. in, uh, in up north, and then uh, also uh, Wednesday, Thursday too. Yeah, I won't. I won't be. Uh, I won't be drinking so that I can do this job, and so that Kelly doesn't have to be concerned about me on Facebook. It's six twenty one with Bax and Nagel and Marty Caproni and Rock one hundred two. This is Ryan Pelletier, project manager at Raymond R. Hool Construction. We've been building and renovating commercial facilities of all kinds. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 628 and Bad Company with Bax and Nagel and Marty Caproni on Rock 102. Wings, you love them? I love them. You love them? I, I definitely love them. Everybody loves a big fat platter of wings. We're going to be celebrating our favorite finger food at the Wing Thing Sunday, August 13th. It's brought to you by Aqua Pump and Dave Minor Exterior Home Improvements. You can spend the afternoon with us at the Barney Estate of Forest Park and enjoy wings of all kinds. Boneless, bone-in, tossed, breaded, multiple saucings. Uh, hors d'oeuvres, adult beverages for sale, yard games, and live music from a double dose of Dave. Tickets are on sale now at rock102.com. They are reasonable, and it's going to be a good time. It's the wing thing tossed and sauced by Log Rolling Catering. Nor'east Organic Life Hydroponics, Sunday, August 13th at the Barney Estate in Forest Park. I will tell you now, these uh, tickets are selling very, very fast. So if you don't get them now, you're going to be... Uh, you're going to be a SOL. You're going to be standing in the parking lot with a wet nap wishing you were us. Yeah, on the outside <laughs> looking in at the duck pond saying, I wish I could join. It sounds so classy, the Barney estate. Oh, and then yeah. we're going to go in there and just pile wings in our face like. 
Well, you know, it's a Creepy. it is it is a very sophisticated area. You know, you got that little pavilion there, and you can go inside and and all of that. Plus, there is the bar. It's beautiful. One of my childhood best friends, she got married there at the Barney Estate, and it was probably one of the classic lineup. Hey, welcome, welcome, neighbor. It's 6.31 with Bax and Nagel and Marty Caproni on Rock 102. It's time for news. It's brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Go to Gary Rome Hyundai today. Get 0% financing on select models. Uh, before we get into what uh, will dominate this morning's newscast, just want to let everybody know, nobody won Powerball last night. Uh, the jackpot was $675 million. Nobody won, which means uh, it's going to be really, really high. Um on Saturday, is it Sat? I think, uh, no, Saturday, I don't even know when the next one is. Anyway, it's going to be uh, the, the, <laughs> Whatever the jackpot. They call it. The, yeah, the jackpot now increases to $725 million, which would have a cash value of $366.2 million. I still maintain I'll give you a million dollars if if I buy a ticket and I win. There were a couple of million dollar tickets. Two tickets uh, sold in California and Iowa matched all five of the, the white numbers. Uh, but no grand prize winner. Well, so. now I have to clarify. That is if I win the grand prize. I yeah. can't just give you the million if I win a million. Well, I don't even, th- I don't even know what the, uh, the what is the minimum? Like 20 million? No, the minimum, it's a million. If you, if you, I think if you get all the numbers but not the Powerball, you get like a million dollars. Yes, but, if you, but, if, but the, the, the million, but the minimum jackpot, if you get the all, all the numbers all correct. It's like 20, 20 yeah, million. 20 yeah, million, yeah. 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 Uh, Mega Millions tonight is going to be $480 million, a cash value of $240 million. That uh, drawing is tonight at 11. All right, so here's uh, here's the thing. You know how it's been uh, like uh, rainy and uh, all that? Terrible. Uh, the message from the Springfield Water and Sewer Commission uh, uses a bold italic type to uh, tell residents that this is not an emergency. But... <laughs> but this is... But. Uh, Higher than acceptable contaminant levels exist in Springfield's water, and they are suggesting that consumers may want to limit the amount of tap water they use, especially if you're pregnant or looking to become pregnant or have young children in the house or are very thirsty or whatever. They're suggesting that perhaps at this time you might want to use bottled water instead. Uh, But it's not an emergency. It's like a... You know, I mean, there's always a certain level of uh, filth and bacteria in it's, the water. This is this is the Springfield water and sewer? Springfield. In fact, uh, Springfield City Councilor Justin Hurst said not everyone, he said this is absolutely an emergency. The residents of the city shouldn't have to drink dirty water for the next five <laughs> years that increases the risk of getting bladder, colon, and rectal cancer while awaiting a permanent fix. But the mayor, Dominic J. Sarno, where the oh, J stands hey. for genius, Mayor Dom Dom says, Dom Dom. I drink our tap water every day. I do it all the time. It is safe to drink. <laughs> you know, you water gotta... does not contaminate me. He's... I contaminate <laughs> the water. You don't think I got this beautiful shine on this hair from not drinking the tap water in Springfield? So, uh, so the water may not be safe, and that might be partially because... Uh, more than six million gallons of sewage leaked into the Connecticut River uh, yesterday due to the heavy rains over the last few days. I'm sorry, do you mean sewage or do you mean effluent? Effluent, right? <laughs> the English, the English. According easy. to effluent, easy. I never. I mean, I've heard effluent. You've got a touch used, of effluent in the water. Yeah, it's like <laughs> you would only call it effluent 
to not make it sound bad. Yes. Like affluent could mean anything, but uh, you know, raw sewage is <laughs> is really the most descriptive and accurate uh, you know, language you can use. It shows you how the crazy English language is. You're one letter away between effluent or affluent. <laughs> or flatulent. <laughs> or flatulent. Yeah. I would much rather be affluent than effluent. No, I, I would, well, at least you could afford your own water that way. <laughs> So uh, they're saying read between the lines. Don't don't be drinking the water. Basically, don't be don't be drinking the water. According mm. to the news release sent to Twenty Two News, uh, the discharge recently has been had a negative impact on water quality downstream to the adjacent community. Within eight hours, an estimated six point five million gallons of sewage and untreated or partially treated wastewater overflowed into the Connecticut River. And as of Monday afternoon, the discharge had stopped. Now they did not receive as much rain yesterday as they were predicting but in other areas you've got big problems in greenfield untreated sewage is discharging into the green river which also impacts the deerfield river in greenfield the connecticut river uh in deerfield montague and sunderland the sewage is discharged at a rate of 459 gallons per minute Ugh. now i would probably lose count after a while yeah <laughs> like after the first 15 20 gallons i'd say whoa whoa whoa! I, I lost my place let me start all over again 33 34 37 oh shoot <laughs> the uh this the pioneer valley riverfront riverfront club wants people to stay away from the uh, torrential connecticut river as it can't get closed as it can't close the gate to its boat ramp at the north riverfront park because the water levels in the river are so high uh it is believed that uh, the river will crest later today or early tomorrow well that's good 17.2 feet above sea level having gone up more than eight feet in just 12 hours that's according uh to hydraulic predictions prepared by the national weather service so things could get worse including a bunch of flooding which greenfield had a state of emergency in effect uh in uh in actually in several communities in western mass not just uh, greenfield but also heath ashfield hinsdale conway Williamsburg, Clarksburg, North Adams, Beckett, and Deerfield. Uh, Monday's heavy rain in Franklin County, because they got a bunch, oh, um, yeah. saw more than six inches of rain turning fields into rivers and leaving at least one bridge unpassable. The Deerfield River spilled into parts of the streets concerning locals and officials and forcing some bridges and roads to shut down. That includes the Stillwater Bridge, which is closed indefinitely when uh, crews uh, arrived on the scene deerfield police told them that they uh that before they reopen officials must wait for the water to fully recede and then the state's dive team uh can evaluate any corrosion that's taken place in the bridge oh my god that process could take anywhere between one and three weeks oh my gosh yeah puffer's pond uh, has been uh it <laughs> uh, was at umass uh, puffer's at puffer's pond at you at uh, in amherst uh that has been uh, no swimming allowed due to the elevated levels of bacteria in the water again all the same thing the high levels of water the the uh, the flow of sewage oh. and uh so this is uh, you know a couple weeks ago we're thinking well it's just uh, just it's just a, a few hundred thousand million gallons of poo in the water well now you're because of the rain now you're seeing substantial issues you know I've, i feel bad i was just looking too i see that um all the boats at brunel's marina in uh, south hadley are out of the water too yeah you gotta feel i mean i have a lot of friends i i, I asked you this you you've been out in the river right with sure. some of your friends it, it is such a pleasant part of western mass that a lot of people don't experience you know 
my buddy Chad, my buddy Tom, they have boats. They take me, they take me out in the river. You know what I mean? Like one owns a business, the other one owns a bar. You know, uh, uh, TDs and uh, Chickabee. And he's, hey, we're gonna go out in the river. Let's let's go have some fun. All right, great. We go out. No one's on the river. We sit there. We play the uh, the horseshoes where you throw the frisbee at the bo- at the bottle on the on the top of the pole. We have sure. we have a, just a great day. All these people look forward to are these eight weeks of summer where they can use that boat and enjoy themselves. And here we are past the 4th of July, and it's like springtime. You, you can't even put your boat in the water, and even if you did, you, you, you no one's going to go in the water because they're, they're warning that the, the current is so bad that you'll drown. You know, so. where it's almost to the point where it's it's not even just about the uh, the wastewater that's being pumped into right. the, the the river. What they're really worried about now is, you know, has it rained too much? Are you gonna yeah. are you gonna crest and start flooding areas? Yeah, I mean, and drowning itself is a terrible way to go, but drowning in effluent is a uh, even yeah, worse way that's, to go. And and drowning because you fell off the boat that you spent your whole life savings trying to get right is right. even worse because right. uh, if you've drowned uh, to death, um, there's no recovering. Yeah. that uh, the loss of the boat. And I, f- I feel bad for all these people that normally are out on the weekends enjoying themselves on the river and everything else. Now they got to do something, you know. I know. Let's uh let's do a, a happy story. Well, I was just gonna say if they want to enjoy themselves, Loft Comedy Club does Doug Key headlining this. It's a perfectly good point. Perfectly good point. The uh, shuttered club Castaway in Whaley could oh. reopen in August, Ooh. according to its owners. Uh, getting the strip club back and open is now their focus. Uh, meantime, a proposed uh, a proposal to open what would have been the country's first topless cannabis uh, cannabis retail outlet apparently is no longer a priority. It is off the table. That is according to uh, Nicholas Spagnola, who we talked about yesterday. Yeah. Uh, buying a B&B in Holyoke. Uh, Spagnola said he and his business partner, Julia Sokol, are having uh, floors and a sound system repaired. They're on track to open up next month after being closed since the pandemic hit. Uh, last winter, uh, they proposed converting Club Castaway into a topless marijuana dispensary. They even pursued plans to reopen as a strip club. But the topless marijuana dispensary is now no longer their goal. So Called it. Yep. I said that when we were here. I said it's a terrible business model because, you know, beer or, or booze and, and uh, nudity with uh, mm-hmm. the ladies, that works for 20-something-year-old guys. Weed and nudity does not seem to work. No. And you know what? Um, I, I believe now for the first time since the 90s, or even far further back than that, yeah. Western Mass has now got a... A gaping hole, <laughs> a, a a an amazing lack of gentlemanly entertainment. I, yesterday, my wife and I had lunch at at, uh, at Theodore's. Yeah, a delicious lunch. Oh, the best! Fantastic. Food. Their pulled pork, unbelievable, oh, wonderful. Burnt. What'd you get? Would you get the burnt ends? I got the burnt ends. Uh, uh, you can't lose with that. Anyway, my point is this: um, we left and we went up yeah. Worthington Street, um, the Mardi Gras shut down uh city uh uh center stage shut down uh, sh- well not really operating as a strip club at the moment because okay. they're go- undergoing renovations okay uh fifth alarm Psh- gone gone teddy b's blown up blown up <laughs> 
Best thing that could have happened to it. May- <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe. But you know, all of these great uh, facilities yeah. are are a thing of the past now. Yeah. Whaley's a bit a bit of a drive. I for me, it's a little bit far out there. I might not uh, go all the way out to uh, the Castaway Lounge or Club Castaway, but the fact that someone is looking to bring it back. You, well, and I honestly, it, it provides some character here to Western Mass. Did you, ever, did you ever venture up there at all in your younger years to the porn in the corn, as they like yeah, to call it? Yeah, actually, no, I have not been there. In my early 20s, uh, one of my friends that we used to run around with, this kid Luke that we were friends with, he he lived up that way. Yeah. And one night he's like, we're going, I'm taking you guys somewhere. We're like, all right, where are we going? He's like, yeah. it's a surprise. So we're just <laughs> driving, we're just cornfields. I'm looking at my buddy Mike. I'm like, this guy's going to murder us. He's yeah. going to dump us in a cornfield. And then he pops out of the cornfield, and there we are. And we walked in, and it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen because I noticed they said they were doing renovations. They're putting new sound in. Literally, and I'm not exaggerating, this sound at the time was a boombox on the floor, and the girl would come up with her own CD that she made, her CD, and she'd put it in the boombox and click it down and t- turn the boombox on and then get up on the stage. Yeah. And it was sad. It was sad. Yeah, I, I, I get that. Um, but, you know, I, the other the other missing uh, link here is... Uh, you know, the magic latrine is no longer in business. Oh. You know, the tragic lantern has been the shut tragic down. Tragic lantern. And, uh, you know, I mean. They're also becoming a, a marijuana yeah, uh, dispensary, right? They are. and uh, But that's not going to be, I don't believe that's going to be a topless one. Because that's just going to be, which is fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Pick a lane. You yeah. can't be everything to everyone. Exactly. Who wants to go in there and try to order their their we Hey, do you have that new strain of uh, Purple Girl Scout or whatever the yeah. the, the, the thing? Uh, yeah, you can't have that conversation with a girl with her, her boobs out. Dispensaries should be about serving everybody, not just a particular Correct. clientele. And you're going to wind up, uh, there's going to be some people just naturally uncomfortable yeah. about going into a dispensary anyway. Now you've got uh, another reason to feel uncomfortable. And, so and, it's like, you know, pick, you're right, yeah, pick a lane. And you can't, you, I mean, you got to feel bad for these girls. They go to get on stage and it's like... Uh, you know, normal song set is three songs. It's rock and roll music. It's about nine minutes. Your dispensary weed uh, set going to be about 78 minutes because it's uh, three songs, one from the Grateful Dead, the Allman Brothers, and Fish, you know? Yeah, right. After the live cut of Fish bouncing around the room 48 minutes, the girl's like, please let me off the stage. I can't feel my legs. If you want to do the VIP, we can. Uh, we, we all get naked and play hacky sack. Oh, uh, there you go. That'll be fun. Uh, the Partner Valley forecast, it's uh, partly cloudy today, a high of 90 tonight, clear, low of 65 for tomorrow, mostly sunny, and a high of 72. It's about 66 degrees right now. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 653. And Aerosmith with Bax and Steve Nagel and Marty Caproni on Rock 102. It's going to be partly cloudy today, a high of 90 Tonight, clear, low of 65. It's about, uh, I don't know, 66 degrees right now in downtown Springfield. Next hour, we're going to be talking to Albert Bouchard. Now, you may say, uh, I don't know. I don't have any idea who that is. Albert Bouchard is one of the uh, founders and the original drummer for Blue Oyster Cult. One of the uh, more popular bands uh, on this radio station. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that is so true, Martin. And uh, let me tell you this. <laughs> let me tell you this. Um most people, when they think of Blue Oyster Cult, don't think of things like, uh, you know, Godzilla. Or they don't think about things like, uh, you know, nope. their other tracks. 
They do remember the cowbell. Now, we will find out for sure whether or not Albert Bouchard, the original drummer, was the guy on the cowbell. We'll uh, we'll ask him about that because, well, how do you not ask him about yeah, the cowbell? What, what song was that? Don't Fear the Reaper? Don't Fear the Reaper. Yes. And uh, so, uh, yeah, we'll talk about the cowbell. He's got a, a brand new solo album out, and uh, he's also playing uh, with another band uh, called The Dictators, who have been around since, I mean, the late 60s early 70s and uh so we'll talk to him about that and a lot of other stuff that's coming up next hour i feel like uh i feel like he's been in the in the game since the 60s maybe he's redefined his definition about fearing the reaper well you know i think when you get to he's 76 years old i think when you get to that age you at least acknowledge that the reaper is not too far away. <laughs> I would feel real hesitant to sing that song anymore. Yeah, <laughs> once I hit seventy. Yeah, I'm. Let's. I'm starting to really fear the reaper. We, yeah, we've we've taken the don't out on yeah. live shows. I didn't care so much when I was still in my mid twenties. Uh, that didn't uh, that didn't scare me so much. But now, now <laughs> that I'm uh, approaching, uh, they change it to we fear the reaper. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, and you know, Albert has spent uh, his time um, doing a lot of things, like any rock star yeah. has done. You know, you know what that tells me? It tells me that uh, maybe those guys are on something in the '60s because all those musicians that were just taking handfuls of hallucinogenics and mm-hmm. drugs and everything else, th- none of them were fat, right? They were all thin. Most of them were right. very thin. And Occasionally, you see uh, like a heavy set fella, but uh, not not uh, really, not typically. Typically, and they're all still alive. And then I think about radio and uh, guys uh, like us who are not what I would call conventionally thin, right? <laughs> or even uh, legitimately thin, right? Yeah, but, right. But didn't do handfuls of drugs, and maybe we just played this one wrong. Maybe we should have been doing handful of drugs when we were kids well i think that i think thin. think part of it is if you're on a stage and you're entertaining people true you're kind of burning a lot of energy you know like you're you're running from one end of the stage to the to the next or you're drumming or yeah, you're, yeah. you're dancing to the music that you and your uh, your band are playing and that's yeah. that's basic exercise with radio people um we sit. <laughs> it's very, very sedentary lifestyle. Right. And if we have to be on stage or uh, you're speaking for a period of time, at some point we all say, every single one of us, oh, Jesus, I got to sit down. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is too much. You're like, uh, you're, you're like, they're on stage entertaining. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm on stage entertaining. And then you're like, they're running from one end of the stage to the other. I'm like, yeah, I can't do that. Yeah. Uh, Dane look, Cook, Dane Cook, maybe yeah. the only comedian that probably uh, stays thin doing that. But, when you, when you uh, look at like Mick Jagger today. Yeah, Mick Jagger's in his uh, 80. Is he 80? I think I make, think uh, Mick and Keith are both uh, 80 or, or damn well close to it. Well, Keith, uh, he's another one that you got to think about when it comes to that guy's done every drug. It's comical, right? He's done every drug, drank like a fish. Yeah. I don't know how old he is, but he's up there. And Keith is 79. In fact, uh, he's going to be turning 80 later this month my lord yeah I and know. it's still and probably gonna go back out on tour right Right. he's gonna go back on tour but when you ever see you know mick on stage you know he's dancing around he's convulsing pretty good he, for for a man is. his age he is that's a way to stay in shape meanwhile my dad who's like you know 85 86 he's just over there assisted living doing laps with his walker you know that's 
You don't see any of the Rolling Stones with the walker with tennis balls in the feet. No, and you I never don't think he's going that. back on tour anytime soon. I don't even think even Charlie Watts in his final days was looking that rough. <laughs> It's 6.58 with Baxton and Nagel and Marty Caproni at Rock 102. G- and now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Your grilling headquarters. Weber, Big Green Egg, Uni Pizza Ovens, and Traeger Wood-Fired Grills. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? As I have said many times in the past, being the son of two mental health professionals, I have never had the option of joining into the family business. Of course, there are many good reasons for this, the least of which is uh, this profound disinterest in listening to people and their problems. Instead, I chose an exciting career in professional radio broadcasting. That way I could tell jokes and play Hotel California six times a week. But what if I had gone into, excuse me, let me say this again. But what if I had gone into the business with my parents? What if I had the ambition to help people through the most difficult times in their lives? I guess we'll never know because they're both retired and I have 2,987 days left to go. But what if things were different? Perhaps it might look different uh, if, it, uh, if what's happening like what's happening in Jacksonville, Florida, as the Jaguars have just signed tight end Josh Peterson, who just finished up his season with the Houston Gamblers of the USFL. You see, Josh Peterson happens to be the son of Jacksonville head coach Doug Peterson. And by signing his son, this becomes the first father and son player coach combination in professional sports history. Why hasn't this happened before? Because unless you're coaching your kid in a U10 soccer team or in T ball, coaching your son on a professional level has disaster written all over it. Not just because of the, dis- the, the dysfunctional nepotism that might arise, but what do you do if your kid sucks? Josh Peterson has spent time with the San Francisco 49ers, the Saints, and the Kansas City Chiefs. And during that time, Josh Peterson has never taken a single snap. He's never been given the football. He's never gotten himself onto the field. And yet he's now being coached by his dad. And here's the best part. Many are speculating that during the preseason, Josh Peterson won't even make the first cut. Imagine that conversation. Son, you're not making this professional roster until you pick up your room and mow the lawn. No, sir, I wouldn't wish that situation the worst father and son in the world because no matter what happens, Father's Day has already been ruined and that's still 11 months away. But hey, enough of my yappin' sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Make Kung Pao chicken and your Blackstone griddle. Make pancakes and breakfast sausage and all kinds of great stuff. Rocky's introduces the Blackstone outdoor griddle. Every meal sizzles, sizzles on a Blackstone. Up your outdoor cooking game today with a Blackstone from Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 7-Eleven and Blue Oyster Cult. With Bax and Nagel and Marty Caproni filling in all week with Steve. Steve will be back uh, next week uh, to get ready for his next vacation, <laughs> which is coming very, very soon. So keep your keep your uh, keep your eyes on that one. Uh, that's the Blue Oyster Cult. As you know, uh, there's only one thing that that song has now been known for, even though it has been around forever. More and cowbell. More cowbell. Yeah, I got excited. a fever, and the only prescription is more, more cowbell. cowbell. Uh, Albert Bouchard is the one of the original founding members of Blue Oyster Cult. He's been the uh, the drummer for them on and off for many many years. He's got a brand new solo album out called uh, Imaginos Three, 
and uh, it's uh, it's a concept record. He'll explain all of that, and he's on the phone with us right now. It's Albert Bouchard. Good morning, Albert. How are you? Good to see you. Yeah, how are you guys doing? Very, very good. Uh, first of all, congratulations on uh, your new record, uh, Imaginos 3. Thank an, you. The third in a, in a trilogy of of records that you've been doing for uh, for quite a while. This is uh, tell us a little bit about the uh, yeah. tell what what's the story of this trilogy? Well, it's basically about this character named Imaginos who has a mysterious origin. It's uh it's possible that he is an alien being from another dimension or another planet or it's just like he's half human and half alien. It's one of those, something like that. So so this character, uh, he has adventures. He's trying to figure out who he is and trying to find himself in, in, in life in the first episode. You know, he's born in the early 1800s, uh, actually, supposedly 1808. So he goes on a various adventures, and at some point he, uh, he uh, uh, gets sick and he gets uh, put ashore uh, uh, on the beach, and these aliens who look like oysters come, like giant oysters, and they so they come and they nurse him back to health, and they give him an assignment to find this mirror. And the mirror turns out to be something that is very evil and uh, causes uh, people to uh, to uh, I don't know. You know, I was looking at something. <laughs> like uh, um, uh, a a show last night, and they were talking about how astronauts, when they get in outer space, their moral code starts to degenerate, and so that's basically what the mirror does. It it it, it makes their moral code uh, evaporate, and they just start making up their own rules, and then of course war happens, and you know all these terrible that, things. That's you the know, way Bax is on vacation. Really <laughs> I mean, you know, and they, yeah, yeah, it's kind of like what's happening right now. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, Albert, did you did you start like so, like did you think about this like on a, on a weekend? Was this like a dinner conversation? Like you just wrote it down on a, like oh, a, index cards? No, no, this was basically uh, an idea that I, that Sandy Perlman, who is my uh, co-writer, friend, and uh, and manager for many years, uh, and producer. Uh, he came up with it before I even met him, you know, and he he developed it when he was going to, he was undergraduate in college. And then uh, when I met him, he was in graduate school and he had already had like a, a lot of this story already figured out in his mind. And he told me about it. I'm like, well, that's crazy crap, man. So, uh, <laughs> I was going to say, the, I ate yeah, that. Yeah, but then, I... So then we ended up making a whole record about it and and we planned on three more records. So... This is the third one. This is the third one that Sandy told me he wanted to do. And so, um, yeah, this is, for me, this is a, uh, uh, a very uh, big deal, you know, to, to have finally finished this trilogy. Yeah. I've been working on it since 1967, so that's most of my life. You've also got a, a lot of help uh, with this one, too. you got uh, Mike Watt from, uh, from the Minuteman. you got uh, Steve Conte, who worked for the, uh, the New York Dolls for a while. But also uh, a band that uh, I'm actually really a big fan of, the Dictators. Uh, Transmyacon yeah. is the, the name of the single. You not only uh, work with them on this record; they've got a re- they've got an EP out now too, and you're you're the drummer yeah. for the Dictators also. Yes, 
drummer and I sing with him. I, you know, I do a lead vocal, and you know, it's almost like the the uh, Blue Oyster Cult thing where I do a little bit of vocal and I write. I write with those guys, so we've been writing a lot of songs. And uh, yeah, it's. I mean, we're gonna hopefully have a, a full length album out before the end of the year. I'm not sure, but you know, I can't really tell you exactly what the time frame is. But we have. Six songs in the can, and we just recorded another six <laughs> last week. One of the uh, one of the uh, the song so. one of the songs you recorded, and in fact, this was absolutely crazy, but it's really really good. The one I heard was a, a, a version of "Crazy Horses," which is a metal song from the Osmond oh. Brothers. Oh wow! And it's and, and yes. it was, you would the, never think of the Osmond Brothers as, as like a, a, a metal band, but for one flash of uh, of, uh, of inspiration, they had this one record out in '71, and it's it's called Crazy Horses. It's a yeah. great, it's a great song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. It went, when uh, they approached me, Andy said, "I I got an idea to do this song," and I'm like, "What? Osmond Brothers? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh well, you know the dictators were always kind of like uh, weird and funny. You know, they did that California Sun. Yep. You know, they, they ain't got nothing yet, so, you know, they've, they've always done odd songs, odd covers, so, oh. so it was kind of in the in the vein of that, but, you know, I was uh, very surprised they wanted to do it, and we, we cut it right away, but uh, we couldn't get the vocal to sound exactly the way that we wanted to until uh, Keith Roth joined the band, and then when he, as soon as he joined us, like, oh, your voice is the perfect voice. Uh, Albert, uh, this is Marty. I'm I'm a I'm a comedian by trade, but the thing that the comedian in me finds really funny is that you had this trilogy of albums of this concept that literally I think if I ate a hundred pop brownies, I could not come up with that concept. And you were and you were you were perfectly fine with it, but then you're they're like, We're gonna cover the Osmond Brothers. Like, what the hell? We're covering the Osmond Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have to ask you, Albert. This is, again, Albert Burchard from uh, from the Blue Oyster Cult. I have to ask you about this because I'm sure everyone is asking about it. What is the deal with the cowbell? I mean, were you were you the guy playing the cowbell on that song, or was it one of the other guys in the band? Well, I know for a fact that it was me because it's the only time I ever played cowbell on a record. I mean, but up to that point, you know. Now, since since I've been known as the famous cowbell player, I play a lot of cowbell <laughs> on mine and other people's records. It's crazy. But you know, before that, it was Eric Bloom or David Lucas. Right. The two of them played all the cowbell that were on all of you know the previous four uh, Blue Oyster records. So, uh, but I wanted to play the triangle in that track. <laughs> And it is there. There's a triangle in the middle section, and that's what I wanted to do. And so I got out there, I played the triangle. They're like, what? You know, so I said, listen, it's, it's going to be good. And I got out there, I played it, and I said, okay, you know what, we'll let, we'll let that stay. But you know what, you've got to play uh, Cowbell in the verses. I'm like, what? Six, what? six. So I just happened to be out in the studio when they decided that this was a good idea. 
<laughs> sixth, sixth grade Marty really admires that. I liked the Blue Oyster Cult a lot in my youth, and I guess now it's probably subconsciously because I used to get stuck playing the triangle every time we had music class. <laughs> and I was like, why am I playing this? No one's ever going to play hey, this. I'm jealous of both of you. I'm the guy that had to play those sticks you rubbed together. Sticks. Oh, man, that was the <laughs> lousiest job in any band. <laughs> But uh, but so but so I, I would imagine that after that Saturday Night Live bit, you know, the the whole focus of that cowbell had to kind of change yeah. things around for you a bit. Oh yeah, yeah, it's really funny when they were mixing it. I'm like, uh, Shelly Yakis mixed a brilliant mixer, and I said, Shelly, can you turn the cowbell down a little bit more? And he goes, <laughs> If you turn it down anymore, you're not going to hear it at all. And and Don, the singer and writer of it, said. The cowbell's fine. Just leave it like that. <laughs> <laughs> that cow's not in the track. The, uh, the name of Albert's, uh, Albert uh, Bouchard's new record, Imaginos 3, uh, Transmyacon, is the, uh, is the single with the Dictators. And, of course, uh, he'll be playing with the Dictators uh, for the nec- their next album. Albert, it's great to talk to you. Best of luck with, uh, with everything you're yeah. doing, and we appreciate it. Pleasure, Albert. Thank you. Al- Thank Al- you. Albert okay. Bouchard with Baxen Pro. <laughs> Baxen Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 728 and Def Leppard with Bax and Nagel and Marty Caproni on Rock 102. Uh, real quick, the uh, Baxi's Musical Podcast is, uh, I got to tell you, uh, some good guests coming up. Uh, t- this week, uh, my guest is Joe Keithley from the band DOA. DOA is uh, a hardcore band out of Canada, but they're very, very important because for like the last 45 years or so, uh, this was a band that was kind of like the center and like the uh, the, they networked themselves in a way where every other hardcore band would contact them to find out what where to play, who what club owners were jerks, you know yeah. what what uh, what cities were the best places to play. They got people couches to sleep on. Actually, a really cool story about uh, about them. And Joe Keithley is uh, is not only the uh, the lead singer and songwriter for the band, he's also a two time city councilor. <laughs> For the city of uh, Burnaby, British Columbia, so the city funny. of 250,000 people. He's a fascinating guy. You should check that out. Even if you're not a hardcore fan, it's a really interesting uh, conversation. It's available on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and rock102.com. Brought to you by ZM Home Buyers and Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. You uh, you like doing that podcast, huh? You really. You know what? Um, it's. <laughs> It's a blast. Yeah. It's a, it's an awful lot of fun, and uh, I'm uh, I'm awful proud of it. And uh, yeah, no, I mean I've got like 185 episodes, most of which are are interviews, and uh, you can go all the way back to February of 2020 when I started. Well, you know what I think. I mean, like like it's awesome. Like it was awesome having you know Albert on and being able to talk to. Him. But you only have 10 minutes. Yeah. So that guy, how much can he? How much can he relay? How crazy his life. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm not a successful comedian by any definition, but I have some crazy stories from my years in doing it. Right. Right. You can't possibly convey all those stories in. You can't convey all those stories in in uh, five minutes or ten minutes. No, but I could grab a lot out of thirty minutes to forty five minutes saying, or right? an so, hour, depending on how long it goes. So you have that guy on. He's got stories about living that 
separate life as a band, and then stories about how he becomes a city councilor. Well, that's for, pretty cool. for, for example, uh, you know, we were talking about this this record that he's on where they're playing a song from the Osmond Brothers, <laughs> so Crazy Horses, which is it's yeah, you know, it's just so bizarre, right? But they, it, uh, you know what? I think I can actually get it. The actual song by the Osmond Brothers. Oh my you god! Hear this? Yeah, yeah. Of course I do. Hang on. All right, hold on a second. Crazy Horses. Oh yeah, here it is. I I, I happen to have it. All right, let me see if I can uh, get it. This is the Osmond Brothers. <laughs> okay. It's like from from 1971, and it's it's a freaking metal song. I mean, it does. You got it for the time period. This is like heavy. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a message to in the air Crazy horses riding everywhere. It's not terrible. No, it's for not, the it's, time period. It's actually not a bad song. Yeah. But <laughs> if you ever told me we'd be playing the Osmond Brothers heavy. Yeah, I know, you know, I know. So so here's the thing. So he's in he's in a band that that is that has redone this song, The Dictators. They've yeah. been around forever. I may not be able to get into much conversation with Albert Bouchard about right. being with that band, but in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be talking to the lead singer of the Dictators, Andy Chernoff, who is not only their, their lead singer, but also the, the primary songwriter for this band. And I'm going to be talking to him. We'll get into the bottom of the whole Osmond Brothers stuff and which a bunch is, of other stuff, too. Which is cool. So it's a, it's a, I mean, I listen, I really enjoy my time here doing radio. I really, I, I like it. You know? Yeah, but there's also a part of me that does enjoy the podcast because you really do be you're able to do not to sound too corporate, but you're able to do a deeper dive, as they say, and I'm kind able of to, really get into the nuances of stuff. I'm able to do a deeper dive, and I'm also able to talk about music that is a little bit broader yeah. than just what is being played on Rock 102. It's, you could still call it classic rock and stuff that's been around 45, 50 years, right? But it's it's just broader, it's, and it's been a, a lot of fun. I uh, I enjoy I enjoy both. I enjoy listening to radio in the car. Still, I I still listen to it, but I also will throw on a podcast sometimes at night before I go to bed or whatever. I'll set the sleep timer on the podcast and I'll listen to the podcast. You yeah. know, what well, I listen to Rogan sometimes. I listen to my mother listens to this podcast, which is great to the show. Yeah, to help her fall asleep. That's <laughs> mildly insulting. Mildly insulting, but you know, not uh, not so much that I'm not willing to uh, accept that it it, it could. 735 with Bax and Nagel and Marty Caproni on Rock 102. It's time for news. Brought to you by Planet Fitness, home of the judgment-free zone. Uh, if you were hoping to win Powerball last night, I uh, hate to break it to you, but uh, nobody won. Wah, wah. So that uh, $675 million jackpot has uh, now ballooned up to $725 million. The cash value is going to be $366.2 million. Uh, two tickets sold in California and Iowa matched all five of the white balls, but there was no grand prize winner. Tonight, though, Mega Millions is going to be for $480 million. Cash value of that is uh, $240 million, uh, drawing tonight at 11 o'clock. What's the first thing you do if you win that? <sighs> first thing. Uh, the, you know what? I, I think the first thing I do is not tell anybody. Form a trust. I would. I would get a lawyer who doesn't live anywhere around here, who doesn't know anyone that you know. I would. I would contact my lawyer, who yeah. is a guy I trust. You can believe that. Uh, I don't know. And uh, and I, I. I'm sure we would put it in, in a trust, and do the right thing. Because right. I mean, I don't. You know, but I think if you won that kind of money, the last thing you want to do 
is contact the lottery, you know, the lottery office right away and right. say it's mine. You know, right. I think I don't think you'd want to do that right away. No, I think you quietly ease yourself into it and not publicly identify. If you can have the the choice to not publicly identify yourself, right, and have your lawyer stand there with a big fat check. I'd rather see that. And then how long do you play along with the charade that you're still making the same money that you're making before you just quietly fade out of your neighborhood and then out of utter existence? Exactly 3.6 seconds. Okay, good. Right, I've, got, I've actually count, I've actually worked it out. The realtor comes to list your house. She's like, your house is worth 300000 You're like, we'll sell it for $100,000. Just, uh, just get it out. 100000 No, 100 bucks. <laughs> what do you got in your glove box? There you go. We'll take it. Thanks. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it... I, my understanding is that, that when people win jackpots like this, and they all kind of say the yeah. same things, like, you know, I didn't change because I got rich. Everybody else around me changed because I got rich. I have seen that firsthand with some of my friends that have gotten successful overnight, you know, yeah. like wild, well, no, I shouldn't say overnight, but they become wildly wealthy and they, they're the same person, but they're so used to the people around them all having an agenda and wanting something. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That it changes them. They their guard is up, you know, when they're meeting new people or dealing with new people. You know. Well, you know, I mean, I, I know a few rich people. Yeah, uh, I, yeah I know a yeah. couple of people doing pretty good. Yeah. Um, I don't feel like I, you know, offer them any special kind of no. treatment because they happen to be rich. No. In fact, uh, you know, I mean, I'd be willing to pay for a rich guy's dinner. Just because I'm, I'm a swell guy. You should get to know me. I, I'll be honest with you. I have been out to eat on numerous occasions with people who are multimillionaires, and I've offered to pay for the check. or pay right. the, Not because I'm trying to impress them, but just because I feel bad because I feel like they're always out and they're always expected to that's, pay. You know what? That's it. It's the expectation that, that because they're rich, they should be paying for everybody. And that's, right. that's garbage. But then at the same time, I have been out, I went out, uh, I shouldn't, it found, sounds like name dropping, but uh, I went out uh, one night for a crazy night out with Cedric the Entertainer, and we ended up in a restaurant. <laughs> yeah. And they literally made us the menu, the entire menu, and brought it to us. They opened the restaurant that was closed, made the menu, and brought it to us in this private room in the restaurant. And I was thinking to myself, and I just said it to him, because him and I were sitting off to the side talking, and I just said to him, I said, Cedric, I said, uh, normally like to pay for whatever my share of a meal is, but I don't think I have the kind of money. <laughs> he just, <laughs> he laughed hilariously. He's like, how, how much did you make for your shows? And I was like, I think $400. He was like, oh man, that's hilarious. <laughs> He's like, yeah, you never pay for anything. <laughs> you shouldn't, you should sit on that money and you should really hold that money. You yeah. know, be, because those, those, the people that have that kind of money, you know, if you go to a restaurant where the, Sometimes the tab comes out, it's, you know, $800 or something like that because yeah. they're, they're fine. But just out, you know, if you, if you won the Powerball and we went to lunch, I would still offer yeah. to pick up the tab. I, listen, any kind of entitlement. Right. Anytime you feel entitled to something. Right. I'm not comfortable with that. Right. You know, right. I'm not entitled to anything. Really. You, you have a very grounded attitude, though. Uh, not everybody else has that, you know? No, I understand that, because I've, uh, I've certainly I've certainly known a few people who believe that, because <laughs> I'm hanging out with a rich guy, and he wants me... He he didn't pick up the check. Right. What's wrong with him? Maybe what's wrong with you for thinking he has to? Right. Right, you know? Speaking of uh, of wrong, uh, if you're uh, really thirsty, to, uh, thirsty today, because it's going to be a hot day, and you're uh, driving through the, uh, the city of Springfield and say, whew, 
so parched. I really could use some of that delicious, clean, and safe Springfield city water. Uh, despite the fact the Springfield Water and Sewer Commission is saying that this is not emer- an emergency, uh, they are saying that a higher than acceptable contaminant level exists currently in the Springfield water supply, and they're suggesting that consumers may want to limit the amount of tap water that they're drinking, particularly if you happen to be pregnant or that you may become pregnant or uh, your children might be thirsty. You might want to use bottled water instead. That is an advisory, but they are very careful to say that this is not an emergency. That's their way of being like, don't drink the water. Meanwhile, City Councilor Justin Hurst is saying this is absolutely an emergency that uh, residents of the city shouldn't uh, be have have to drink dirty water for the next five years and increases the risk of getting bladder, colon, and rectal cancer while awaiting a permanent fix. Access to clean drinking water is a fundamental human right. You say it, Justin. Yeah, damn right. You know, and my first thought was like, good for this guy. You know what I mean? Come and give us a straight thing. But then I was sitting here as you said it, and I go, that name sounds familiar. I'm like, is this? He's running for mayor, right? Yes, he is. So. The flip side of this is, of course, he's going to say it. I, I, I agree with it, by the way. Oh, yeah, I do, too. But it shows you the there's there's always like some sort of political thing, because now he's going to call it like it is. And the city's not going to call exactly like it is because they don't want to get beat up during the election over the fact that there was. a. But what are you going to do? It's not anyone's political fault right now that the drinking water is crappy. I don't think it's a political situation, although the mayor countered by saying, I drink our tap water every day and all the time. (laughs) It's safe to drink. (laughs) I'm Mayor Dom Dom, God damn it, and that's the way it's going to be. I drink a kiddie pool worth of this water every day, and I'm fine. My hair still shines. My brain works. I'm doing great. I just fixed the Amtrak thing with the uh, park. Everything's going good. I go to Bondi's Island with a whole box of straws. <laughs> Jump in every morning like it's a health spa. <laughs> Rub it all over this hair and everything else. I gargle with battery acid. Nothing ever happened. <laughs> These dingbats is scared of water. Why are you scared of water? I drink it every day. I'll drink it right now. You know, so years ago, I got to... I. Milwaukee had this big cryptosporidium scare. There was like the, all this barnyard runoff. See, I was ready it, to invest right when you said it. I'm like, yeah. ooh, crypto? Wow. Well, yeah, no, I wouldn't. It's not, not quite crypt- the same. Don't put your money in cryptosporidium. I don't think you'd want to be invested this way. <laughs> all this barnyard runoff was was washing into the water supply, Oof. and a bunch of people got very, very ill. And if yeah. you had any kind of comprom- compromised immunity or whatever, you know, it could kill you. So there was this gigantic water boil uh you know morning out and uh and i wound up getting it and it's a parasite oh so you have to like take antibiotics after to get it out of your system or what we all had to take i'm trying to remember what the the end of i don't know it was like tamiflu or or something like that we all had to take that but it was like a violent type of response to drinking the water for a good week and a half but you know but that's something that's been pretty terrible and here and and what's been going on in the last you know week right in the last couple of days and what's expected to happen today and tomorrow is you have not only all this contaminated water with all the sewage that's dumping into the river but with the amount of rain we've had right you've got all these communities facing uh flooding they just showed a video of montpelier vermont unbelievable the whole the whole city is uh is underwater. underwater it's an absolute mess 
And you're finding that now in Western Mass on a bunch of uh, different communities. In fact, the state emergency is in effect for several communities in Western Mass due to flooding. Uh, Massachusetts Emergency Management Agency said that Heath, Ashfield, Hinsdale, Conway, Williamsburg, Clarksburg, North Adams, Beckett, and Deerfield are all in a state of emergency. Uh, Monday's heavy rains, especially in Franklin County, uh, saw six inches of rain turning fields into rivers and leaving at least one bridge unpassable. The uh, the Stillwater Bridge closed indefinitely, uh, and they won't be able to do much of anything uh, with it because they have to evaluate any corrosion right. that takes place. That could be, be one to three weeks before that happens. But, you know, this goes back to the point about not politicizing it too much because uh, – all the mayors of those towns, that's not their fault if the if the water is bad because of the flooding or whatever else. It's a it's a larger issue than any single town. That's uh, it's an act of God, if you will, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, I just uh, like to tout the fact that Chicopee, um, we have the combined sewer overflow thing, so it's not our fault. Yeah, no one's going to point fingers. No, no. For once, Chickabee stands tall. <laughs> yes, for once they can hold their head up high and yes. say, let me put down my cigarettes and feel proud. Right. <laughs> let me feel proud. Speaking of uh, Chickabee, uh, Mayor John View announced yesterday he's seeking a third term as mayor. Yep. Uh, he won his uh, first mayoral seat in 2019 in a very close race against uh, Joe Morissette. Won a second term in November 2021. Uh, they're two year terms, no term limits, but he is running again. And I'm going to guess unless there's somebody who just emerges out of nowhere, he's probably going to win again. Well, I, full disclosure. I know John, I do too. I uh, actually sold him his house. No kidding. Uh, yeah. Back when I did real estate, I sold, uh, I sold him his house and, um, you know, he's a decent, he's, I can say this, I, I'm not politically astute anymore. I kind of about, uh, 10 years ago, removed myself. For most politics, uh, you know, as a comedian, you kind of want to not. That's not your thing. But I know John. Uh, his uh, he's he's a nice he's a nice dude. I mean, when I the reason I sold him a new house is because he was taking care of his elderly father and mother and getting a house with an in law apartment so that uh, they would be okay and everything. Um, he's a, he's a decent guy. I don't know who's running against him. We'll see how it shakes out or whatever. No. But uh, but good for him. I I see they too. They hired a new. Uh, Human resources uh, person in Chicopee. Probably smart. This is how small, big town Chicopee is. I looked at the kid's name. Like, his face looks familiar. It's Steven Zahowski, right? And you're like, what's that mean? Yeah. But uh, he was in Boy Scouts with my brother. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. He was, a nice, he was a nice enough kid. So I'm like, well, I hope he figures out the whole... I don't know if you knew this. In the paper, they had a whole mess. Chicopee was paying the uh, medical insurance premiums for people who had died. Yes. And everyone's upset about it, but I'm like, why can't? Why don't we get mad at the insurance company too and ask them to give the money back? Because clearly, you're paying those premiums that people were dead. There was no chance they were ever going to use the service. So you know, but then again, uh, do we think a big insurance company is going to be like, that's fine? You make a good point. We'll cut that check back. <laughs> <laughs> nope, we're going to need to see a dead body. Yes, uh, yeah. We're going to need to see a death certificate, and that's all got to be in triplicate with signatures. I always said insurance is the best business in the world simply because they have a great business model. Every month, you pay them a lot of money to insure everything that you love and care about, and then if something ever happens to everything you love or care about they, in turn, give you a bunch of reasons why they can't give you your money back. It's awesome. <laughs> and they will, But if they do, they'll be more than happy to cut you a check for pennies on the dollar. Exactly right. Just to protect all the things, exactly. that, all the things you cared about that you lost. Exactly right. <laughs> it's going to be uh, barley cloudy today, high of 90 tonight, clear, low of 65. Tomorrow, mostly sunny, a little bit cooler, high of 82 
It Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 755 and Brian Adams with Bax and Nagel and Marty Caproni who's filling in all week for Steve. Steve will be back on Monday. So, uh, real quick, uh, Rock 102 presents the Classic Rock Summer, brought to you by Leah Toyota of Wilbraham, now through Labor Day weekend. Listen to Rock 102 all summer long for details on how to grab your share of the summer stash of prizes. We're giving away a $25 gift card to the Hangar Pub and Grill every weekday through Labor Day. And if you want to win, just enter at rock102.com. It's so simple. And then you, the, the hard part is you have to listen to Pat Kelly every weekday afternoon <laughs> in Pat. order to win. <laughs> I love but, the, but the classic rock summer brought to you by Leah Toyota Wilbraham only on Rock 102, Springfield's classic rock. I love Pat. I we you know listen we we tease Pat, but only but you tease the ones you love That's the most, or the ones that you don't see enough. He's doing uh, he's something near and dear to my heart. I love dogs. He's doing a uh, he's doing a thing to help animals find homes. Now you got a dog? I do. You I do? do? Yeah, yeah. I love I love I love dogs. I I've. I've had dogs in my life almost the almost my entire life, but when I go places, uh, I'm overboard with my love of dogs. You know what I mean? Because okay. I'm on the road a lot, so if I see a dog in a hotel or mm-hmm. an airport or whatever, it's like this is going to be my dog for the next hour. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then the people look at me like I'm sort of, some sort of weird autistic uh, person that has like a thing because I. I just can't. Is um, it like an unnatural type of obsession? Yeah, or it's, it is? it's a little much. Like I'll take pictures with just strangers' dogs uh-huh. and I'll play with them until they're like. You do okay, like the high squeal uh, voice too? Yeah. I mean, I literally had somebody ask me once, like, are, are you okay? Like they, they really thought that they thought I had something, you know, wrong with that. But I was like, I kind of guess I kind of do, you know, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm on this. I'm on the dog spectrum, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> You know? I mean, I love dogs too, but I mean, I want to be, you know, I want to be respectful of the dog and its owner. I'm respectful of the dog. I could care less if the owner burst into flames in front of me as long right. as the dog's okay. So like at the uh, the campground we're at, there's like a lot of dogs. Oh my God. A I'll come, I'll come up and visit you just because you said that. You yeah. didn't have to invite me. I'm just going to show up at your campground one of these. Yeah. No, why <laughs> pet not? The, pet but, the dogs. But, but people are walking their dogs all the time. Yeah. I'd stop every one of them. There was one, uh, there was one uh, dog the other day. That was off the leash and uh, took a big fat steamer right there uh, at the at, at my doorstep okay. at, at the camper. So, and the lady on the dog, you know, she she got rid of, she cleaned up and apologized, yeah. but the dog was off the leash. I'm thinking, and with all the dogs that are here, sure, in, in like an enclosed, gated, you know, campground, yeah. should you really take the dog off the leash if the dog will indiscriminately poop on anyone else's property? Uh, see, this is where you and I will differ. I'd be like, yep. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that dog should be able to do whatever it wants. Yeah. It's up to the human to clean it up after, and uh, it is what it is. To be fair, if the dog, if I was there and the dog pooped, I'd be like, I'll, I'll get that for you. Can I just hang out with the dog for a little while? Yeah, no, I get that. But but, but I've already got a dog with me, and, oh, okay. and, and my dog was like looking at the dog, barking at the dog. Oh, see, then that's a different thing. Now that dog's in, in interfering with your dog's yeah, it's like, uh, ability like, to enjoy itself. On right, it's like my dog was yelling at the other dog, hey, 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 I, I lie down on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then then fair enough. Then I'd be upset. I, I do get upset like when an owner's walking a dog and it dumps in my yard and then they make no attempt to even try to make it. And they don't even kick it into the street, which, right. would, which would be better than just leaving it there. Right, yeah. right. Um, but yes. I uh, I see Pat do that, and that makes me like Pat even more than I already do. 
You even start rubbing your face up against the computer screen when I, you see it online. I, if I go on my phone right now, right? You know how Apple does a thing where you can just search like a keyword in your photos and yeah. it'll come up. I will search dog. I have 710 photos in my phone that have to do with a dog. <laughs> and just that's, so you know, that's not they're all, all different dogs. Yeah. They're just all <laughs> And now, Bax's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, your grilling headquarters, Weber, Big Green Egg, Uni Pizza Ovens, and Traeger Wood Fired Grills. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, tonight is baseball's mid-season classic, the All-Star Game, an annual tradition signifying the halfway point between the exciting first half of the baseball season and the second part, which teams face the humiliation of almost certain mathematical elimination. But for tonight, it'll be the American League versus the National League facing each other in a rambunctious, partially irrelevant exhibition between some of the greatest overpriced talent in the game. Of course, I should point out the American League has won the last nine All-Star matchups, and tonight promises to be absolutely no different when both sides meet up at T-Mobile Park in Seattle. And while the Boston Red Sox are grossly underrepresented in this year's All-Star activities, what with reliever Kenley Jansen being the only Red Sox player on the roster, I'm sure the lack of active Boston players will hardly have an effect on the outcome. Of course, you... We'll see guys like Mookie Betts and J.D. Martinez and Craig Kimbrell and Nathan Eovaldi playing tonight. But, of course, they're representing other teams because, you see, none of them play for the Red Sox anymore. If they had, then the Red Sox would have five players on the All-Star roster. Instead, Hanley Jansen is the guy representing the team and no longer cares about retaining high-priced All-Star level talent. And perhaps one day, Kenley Jansen might be among those players that can't get a decent deal from the Red Sox either. But that's tomorrow's problem. Right now, the focus should be on whether I'll be watching the All-Star game or whether I'll be lucky enough to find other things to occupy my time. Because while I love watching meaningless exhibitions like the next guy, I'm keeping my fingers crossed and my options open that something else comes up. Perhaps something a little more interesting like a medical emergency or a blackout. Until that happens, I'll be placing my sports wagering dollar on another American League blowout. Why? Why not? I'll be losing a few, I'm losing a few bucks, and that's the only way I can make the all-star game from being a totally pointless scrimmage, and I say, what the heck? You might as well go big on this one because it'll be the only fun that you'll be seeing tonight. But hey, enough of my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Rocky's not only has the best grills, Weber, Traeger Wood Pellet Fire Grills, the Big Green Egg, the Uni Pizza Oven, and the Blackstone Outdoor Griddles, Rocky's also has all the grilling gear and the fuel. Up your grilling game today at Rocky's Ace Hardware, your grilling destination. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Carry on my Rock, it's 813 in Kansas. With Bax and Nagel with Marty Caproni on Rock 102. The morning's flying by, Bax. I'm, I know. I'm seeing myself uh, getting in the car and driving up to the great north. I'm anxious to see uh, whether you say the same thing tomorrow morning at 8.13, that things are just flying by, or whether you'll be so tired you just can't wait for the whole day to end. You know, I think that the lady who thought that I was Steve Nagel drunk uh, that <laughs> I talked about earlier in the show, I think she's going to be really concerned tomorrow <laughs> for Steve. Yeah, I think we, we all will be. I, I, you know, I'll I'll give you a call if you're not... Uh, if you're not here on time, I'm pretty good about. I mean, I'm I'm pretty good. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try my best. The old college try. Okay. All right. I'll do I'll, my uh, best. We'll we'll see how that goes. 
uh, I was just over here reading some news. I know we're not really doing news right now, but I just saw something that really uh, made me wonder. Where do you fall in the great uh, Elon Musk versus Mark Zuckerberg debate? I don't know if you know that. Did you know that they're actually going to have a cage fight? I uh, I, he I heard that story. Um, I don't know if that's ever going to really happen. Uh, but I, 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 you know, I, where do I fall? Gee, yeah. oh who boy, do you, who that's do you like, like who do you like better? Is that, that to me? Else? That's like trying to de to determine which one you like better scurvy or rickets it's like <laughs> well, i'm not really happy with either one but uh yeah i don't i guess if uh if i was gonna place a wager yeah on the two i'm gonna put my money on musk yeah yeah i because i think um one i think uh elon's bigger than zuckerberg he Zuck is. zuckerberg looks like the kind of guy that you know when push comes to shove he would fall into the fetal position and cry like a baby yeah well he's been training in jiu-jitsu for like the last year or two, but jujitsu is an art that takes decades to really sure learn. You know, uh, um, shout out to my friends from <laughs> yeah uh, around here. Is, that is, is Zuckerberg uh, breaking boards and bricks yet? Um, no, no that's, yeah, I don't think so. Jujitsu isn't that. That is uh, karate, which uh, I did in my youth. Uh huh. Um, Jujitsu is much more complicated. It's all ground fighting. It's gotcha uh, submissions and wrestling and everything, and it, and it is. A very deadly art. It's uh, if you know jujitsu, you should feel very confident against the average person in whatever altercation you may have. Yeah. Um, and those who take it are super <laughs> loyal to it. You know what I mean? They they love it. They say it changes their life, their perspective, everything. Zuckerberg has been taking, I think, for two years, but he's rich and he has all day. So it sounds like he's been taking like private lessons every day, probably three hours. He's so into it probably that, has his own koi ponds and, uh, and right. dojo right in his backyard yeah and he's a smart guy so by now he's maybe a year in or two years in he's probably already proficient at a level that someone that had a job and had to work and everything is seven or eight years in you know yeah he's a smart guy but i think if uh you know if we're if we're calling this one correctly yeah you know it's one thing to start up a you know big social networking yeah. company that you literally stole from two other guys that's true and being a guy that can put a rocket in space and bring it back down safely to Earth, that to me is a little bit more impressive. That shows a guy with a little bit more intelligence yeah. than than a guy that stole a billion dollar idea. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things. I mean, they're both infinitely smarter than me. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, I think if you combined our two IQs together, we don't we don't measure up to half. <laughs> Of what those two guys got. We're, we're not a Zuck with. or a Musk. No, uh, but I'll, I agree with you. If it's if it was strictly an an academia based uh, uh, standard, I would say Elon Musk runs away with it. Uh, not only did he invent PayPal and then Venmo and then make cars that drive themselves and run without gasoline. <laughs> He's now made rockets that land back on a floating ship, which is rocking in waves. And he's dead serious about going to Mars, which I think he's going to do. I mean, mm -hmm. the guy hasn't not done something he set out to do. Uh, he bought Twitter simply to spend fifty million or fifty billion dollars and troll with it and uh, and do that. Uh, whether you agree with him uh, politically or all that stuff is aside. Uh, Zuckerberg, though, is more experienced in jujitsu. So yeah, but you know, I mean, I've seen six-year-olds that have been in karate or mm -hmm. other forms of mm -hmm. uh, martial arts, and mm -hmm. you know, quite frankly, 
Yeah, I, you saying I, you could beat up a six year old who's a jiu jitsu? Well, I mean, we're in different weight classes, obviously. Right. You know, <laughs> and then maybe a skill thing. But, uh, you know, I think I could probably hold my own against a six year old. If there's someone out there with a, a six year old who's fat and has a Brazilian uh, jiu jitsu black belt, <laughs> I will set this fight up right now. We'll yeah. promote it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't know if we're going to be at the same skill level, bring, obviously. But bring uh, your five foot nine, a two hundred fifty pound <laughs> six year old black belt jiu jitsu practitioner down here at the station. No, I I feel like uh, the jiu jitsu edge goes to Zuckerberg, the size edge goes to Musk, the intelligence edge goes to Musk. But I think the real winner of this fight is all of us, because no matter what, we get to see a billionaire punched in the face, which <laughs> and that's. Really, that's always uh, rewarding. Yeah, it, is, it does. It's a it's a feel good moment. Neither of the guys are insanely likable, so to watch them get bludgeoned repeatedly is kind of great. But can you think of a single billionaire where you say, "Oh, they're completely likable," apart from Oprah? Like Oprah to me is like one of the only billionaires we can say eh, she seems nice. <sighs> but yeah, you, know, you think Oprah's may, the one? Well, you know, I can't think of any other billionaires. Off the top of my head, where they just seem like real swell, down to earth, fun people to hang with. That's a great question. Yeah, it's almost like an internet poll question. Like, who do you think is the most cool, fun billionaire? Millionaires don't count because yeah, I think yeah, yeah. I can think I think you can be a millionaire and still be connected to the human being you started off being. How about but, but billionaires? I mean, for whatever reason, I, I, they not a lot of billionaires seem like they're a lot of fun. I'll be honest with you. Uh, it's a true story. I uh, I got tapped to do a show on a mega yacht, a private show, just for the owner of the yacht and uh, like a few of his friends and the crew. And he's a billionaire. Yeah. He uh, he founded that company NetJets. Have you ever heard of that? Um. Yeah. Fractional jet ownership. Yeah. He founded that company. He has another one that does helicopter stuff. Uh, Warren Buffett's like one of his best friends. I did this show on his yacht. The guy couldn't have been awesome, he, any better. He was he was he was so awesome. He was great, um, really funny, good sense of humor, all that stuff. So he probably ranks top on the billions. But the other ones to say, what about Bob Kraft? Likeable guy. Uh, you don't okay. like Bob Kraft? Yeah, no, all right. I didn't I didn't think about Mr. Kraft, but I think you're right about that. Right, likeable might, guy. Yeah, likeable guy. He, you know, he knows where all the uh, the rub and tug parlors are uh, in, in, uh, in Jupiter, uh, Florida. Uh, okay. He knows where all those uh, are at. Yeah, but no, he seems like a like a decent fella. But for the most part, Warren Buffett doesn't seem to be like a lot of laughs, even though he drives a a <laughs> junky car and you know he, he eats l- McDonald's every day. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's weird. That's that is that's a weird. Odd. If you had a billion dollars, uh, yeah. McDonald's would not be the first on my list. No, every day he eats it too. Every yeah, right. It's kind of a weird. Yeah, I I think neither of these guys are uh, what I would say conventionally is likable. Um, they're absolutely not likable, right? Especially these two. Yeah, we're talking about Musk and Zuckerberg. I have a I have a great proposition. If anyone out there knows, I think Dana White from the UFC is the one who's going to facilitate the cage match. If anyone knows him, if you really truly want to make this the biggest fight of all time, what you do is you get these guys to wager half their net worth in the fight. Think. Of yeah, the people watching that, and then think of the repercussions. Oh, if Zuckerberg you. chokes out Elon Musk, next thing you know, he is now the richest person in the world. Well, how ballistic you go over? You know, I mean, people are over Powerball. 
Yeah. Yeah, this is this is yeah. much deeper than Powerball. Oh my god. Power a Powerball jackpot is pocket change to Elon Musk yeah. or Mark Zuckerberg. 720 million dollars. Elon Musk has that in his uh, his socks. Yes. Yeah, oh no doubt. Although I'll say this, Elon Musk doesn't he's not a guy with a yacht. He's not a guy with fancy houses. He literally sleeps on the floors of his factories and stuff like that. So he's he's probably less materialistic. But I also say this, I don't think either of them are the richest person in the world. I think the richest person in the world is someone we don't even know that's probably like some Saudi uh, prince or, you know, oil person or something like that, that we can't even count their money. Uh, richest person in the world in 2023. Let's see who that is. All right. It might be Bezos. Yeah, it's Bezos. $852 billion. Well, maybe now we get Bezos in on this fight because he's been working out yeah. and taking the HGH, they say, or allegedly, mm-hmm. you know. So he's been working. But yet, so- even even as cut like a diamond as he is, and he's yeah. in great shape. He is. He's really. got a very punchable face. Like you just want to ball your fist up and punch him right in the suck. You're really. You, you, I don't think his face is punchable. His laugh. Oh, I don't know his laugh. Oh, you should you should just Google it and play it just once. Really? Oh my gosh. It is the quintessential billionaire supervillain villain James Bond guy laugh. It's it's so punchable. Like yeah, the well, laugh. Over the face over the face, the laugh is so punchable. There's actually okay, yeah. Um you gonna yeah, did you find it? I, I did. I think I found something here. Right. Okay. Yeah. Maybe you wanna be a dancer. I don't know what you wanna do. I'm not sure my boss is gonna like that. <laughs> <laughs> Not too but you do need to follow your passions. Right. I would love for it to be after I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> 40 minutes with you. It's already clicking down. We're going to use every one. So no droning on. Okay? Uh, I, I see what you did. No, no. That's coming up too. But that was actually not supposed to be a bad pun. And then disclosure. Is that yeah, laugh? Yeah, yeah, you almost expected to put his, finky, uh, his pinky he, right to his mouth. Hello. Hello. One billion dollars. <laughs> It's 824 with Bags and Nagel and Mark. I see quotes every day from competitors, and when you compare apples to apples, I know I'm giving you a better value. Rock 1-2 Golf Club is back, and it's brought to you by Swing Oil Beer. Get 11 rounds of golf to some of the area's nicest courses like Wyckoff, Brattleboro Country Club, Northampton Country Club, Keeney Park, and more for only $125. bucks. the hell of a deal. You pay less than $12 a round. Get one for you or for a friend. Makes a great gift for any golfer. It's the Rock 1-2 Golf Club brought to you by Swing Oil Beer Company. Available for a limited time, so do not wait on this one. Get yours today at rock102.com. Uh, tomorrow, I don't know what is uh, what is going on, but uh, you've got a big show coming up tomorrow night and Thursday night. Big ones. At the Loft. Big ones. Uh, go to loftcomedyclub.com. Get your tickets. We have Mark Norman, one of the hottest comedians in the country, coming in. Uh, you may see me uh, wander up there on stage and tell some jokes um, if you're a fan of comedy at all, uh, it, absolutely one you don't want to miss. Uh, the fact that we even have him coming to Chickabee is mind blowing. Um, so it's going to be great. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a big deal, and the fact that you got him is just unbelievable to me. Yeah, and the way it's shaping up, it looks like the Wednesday Late Show is is running a little light on tickets. The other ones are pretty close to you know they're selling real hot. One of them is going to be sold out by the end of the show, but. The late show on Wednesday, I think, is going to be fun because that's going to be a little lighter. So uh, is that a nine o'clock? Yeah, I think it's like a nine nine o'clock nine thirty uh, start, 
and that one's going to be uh, yeah. that one's going to be a lot of fun. Now, if you're one of those people who say, "Oh, that's that's too late on a school night," you know what? You're going to go. You're going to laugh your ass off, and you're not going to regret a moment of it. No, and I'm I'm not going to be getting home before you, and I'm going to be getting up at four forty-five in the morning to be here for work. <laughs> so don't tell me you can't make it. Yeah, right. You know, Marty's putting his life on the yeah. line. Yeah, most of you people listen. If you have a bad day at work, no one even knows. You know what I mean? You took a nap up in the racks in the warehouse, or you're or you're you're a plumber and you sleep in your truck for an hour. No one knows. I can't do that. I don't have that luxury when I come in here. I can't just nap for an hour with you waking me up every time there's a commercial over. So <laughs> I'm gonna be able to do it. So uh, I, I appreciate your sacrifice, yes. Marty. I really do. <laughs> it's the it's my service, really. It's my service to the community, Bex. Eight thirty-one with Bax and Nagel and Marty Caproni. It's time for news, and it is brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Go to Gary Rome Hyundai today. Get zero percent financing on select model, uh, models. Uh, as we told you already this morning, the uh, the Powerball jackpot uh, went unwon, unclaimed yesterday. So that six hundred seventy-five million dollar jackpot is now going to balloon up to seven hundred twenty-five million dollars for the next drawing. That will have a cash value. Of uh, six uh, three hundred and sixty six point two million, which is uh, about uh, twenty six million dollars more than you would have gotten if you won uh, last night. So it's better for everybody. Two hundred fifty thousand dollars changes my life as though I won Powerball. Uh, you know, I, yeah, I, uh, I could, uh, I would find a way to squeeze by uh, with that if I had to. But uh, tonight is also the Mega Millions drawing for four hundred eighty million dollars. You know that's the funny part about it well. is you've got uh, you got Powerball at seven twenty five, and a bunch of people are going to say Mega Millions four hundred eighty million dollars. Hell with that. Yeah, I'm not going to not going to waste my money on four hundred eighty million dollars. That's the thing I can't understand. It's a weird psychological thing. They always said like when it reaches over five hundred million, the the sales go way through the roof. Like it really is kind of a weird thing that we don't that we look at it that way, like as though that's that's what's worth it. Like twenty million isn't. Yeah, you know it it, it is kind of funny because I wouldn't. I would probably. I don't think I've ever bought a, a Powerball ticket for less than a hundred million dollars. Yeah, well, there you go. I don't think I've done it there because it's like you know once it reaches reaches a hundred million dollars, well then finally it's worth it. I, I buy them when I, they go up, but not because I'm like, well, that's the amount of money I need. I buy them just because everyone's talking about it or your friends are doing pools and they're like, there's 20 of us and we're going to do it. Yeah, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Put, put me in, blah, 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 you know. I'll tell you what, that's the worst thing you can do. Because then you got to split it with yes. all these people. If I'm, listen, yeah. if I'm the... If I go into it with a bunch of other people and I'm the one that has to go to the convenience store to get the ticket... Yeah, why am I sharing it? Why am I sharing it with you? I did all the work. Right. I had to have this awkward conversation with the guy behind the counter. Yeah, oh no, all that stuff. That wasn't the winning number that I had for us. This was my other uh, quick pick. So I'm sorry. Uh, this is now my money. That actually just happened. Did you know that? Yeah, it happened out in the eastern part of the state that someone bought a ticket. They forgot the ticket in the store, and the girl in the store kept the ticket, and it hit for like three million dollars. And they were <laughs> they were they were trying to cash it, and uh, the girl got arrested, and the lottery is returning the claim to the guy who got the ticket the original guy who purchased it so wow how do you prove that uh it was through For the cameras the cameras in the store yeah oh my yeah. god it's a crazy story that's crazy yep. speaking of uh crazy uh yesterday we we're doing a story about uh the guys that wanted to turn that 
B and B in Holyoke. Oh yes, into a rehab facility. It's the bed uh, and breakfast on Dwight Street on, in Holyoke. Which you know what? If you go and if you were to contact AAA today and say, where would be the nicest place in Western Mass I could stay? I'm sure AAA would say, you know what? Dwight Street in Holyoke is very nice this time of year. <laughs> this, it's beautiful with water views of the Holyoke Canal. Oh, you're gonna love it. It's breathtaking, really. <laughs> Uh, anyway, those the uh, the guys that were going to turn that into a, a rehab facility are also the guys that own the Club Castaway. Uh, Nicholas Spagnola uh, and his partner are the uh, owners of Club Castaway up in Waitley, uh, which could reopen in August. Ooh, yes. Uh, meanwhile, a proposal that uh, they were considering becoming uh, the country's first topless cannabis retail outlet is no longer a priority, according to Spagnola. Who told uh, the, both the Republican and Mass Live yesterday? He and his business partner Julia Sokol are having floors and a new sound system repaired. They're on track to open up next month after being closed since the pandemic hit. You know what? For all the businesses that suffered, yes, during the pandemic, I can't think of a single industry that took a better, a bigger hit the, than the gentlemen's club, exotic dancing industry. They took. Terrible. They took it right in the chin. They really, they, oh, man. <laughs> no comment. Uh, if, they, if you, if your livelihood depended yeah. on you sliding down a brass pole and shaking parts of your body in front of some drunk with a sweaty yeah. dollar bill in front of his face, only to have it closed and shuttered because of, uh, of, uh, of, of social distancing. Man, I feel sorry for all of you. Biggest surprise of the pandemic is that it it looks like it might have come out of a lab in China and mm-hmm. not out of the old Teddy Bees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there were all kinds of different things you could catch <laughs> from that at Teddy Bees. Oh yeah, from the pole to the bathroom to the doorknob, yes. everything was everything was up for grabs. Well, you know, it's good that the farmers up there in Waitley, after a hard day of tending their crops and growing corn, are going to be able to. Uh, Go unwind at a gentleman's establishment up I, there. And, I agree. And support some eager college students that are trying to pay their way through school. That's the story they always have, right? That's, that is the, that is the, uh, the rumor. The, That's why a woman uh, will uh, agree to that kind of position. But I feel that uh, to hear of a gentleman's club looking to reopen after this difficult financial period. Yeah. I think that is a, a commendable, and I applaud uh, Vince uh, Nicholas Spagnola and Julia Sokol for having the wherewithal to get back on track and get those get they get dancing again. That, we should all that, get dancing. That, we should all go. We get lap dances. Is that where you're going? With That's it? what I'm talking just about. Dance. I just want to dance. You know, I, sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes you walk in and you feel those undulating rhythms and you say, ladies, if you don't mind, I think I'm just going to dance myself for a while. I just want to dance. Why don't you you sit on that Mm. that greasy stool for a little bit and let me uh, cut some rug? Mm. Is that rat or poison? I would just have to get up and dance. Dance right out. It's just a, it's a great number. I it love really, this number. It, it really is. But I mean, you think about it. You think about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the magic lantern uh, oh. closed. Teddy bees blowed up. Uh, I believe uh, center stage. Uh, I don't believe is a dancing going on there under, right now. Under renovation, that uh, would be a great 
uh, home home and garden television show. Yeah, like flip this strip club. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to? We've f- acquired this strip club for yeah. four hundred thousand dollars. I see us putting a new pole in over here and another shower of an hour. <laughs> <laughs> you know what the Mardi Gras needs? Take down the poles and more potted plants. That's it. That would that would really do it. But all those places are now uh, shut down, and uh, you know, I mean, I think that that's an industry which. You got you, can you? It is an industry. I got to tell you that you are going to get an the service. I know, I know that there is a labor shortage <laughs> in America, but I got to believe that when the cat when Club Castaway reopens in Waitley, yeah, there's going to be a line of former strippers from Waitley all the way down to the Long Meadow Curve. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> Just wait. But what are they going to do with it? Infl- are they going to? You know, here's a great move. Why don't uh, these girls never have gotten a raise uh, no. o- over all these years. A dollar is a dollar. Why Why does, in case they're listening, Captain Nick there up there at the uh, the place? I just named him. I gave him a nickname. Captain sure. Nick. Um, why don't they switch over to $2 bills? That's how you entice the labor back. Everyone's getting 100% uh, raise. You know, but, when you but, come in, you get your change, you get $2 bills. You got a 20, you get 10. Twos. Yeah, but that's tip work. You know, I mean, that's yeah. you, you, could, you could get her to dance for a dollar. Maybe but she, but there's a lot she, of dudes that will put a five dollar bill yeah. there, thinking they're going to get five times more entertainment. And they're not. They're they not. work just as hard for the dollar as they will a twenty. Well, I don't know. Now with this new with this new labor shortage, maybe for a dollar, what you get is a very stern lecture from this woman about how the middle class is being squeezed out of this country. <laughs> <laughs> She pulls out a chart with Bernie Sanders' picture on it. She starts pointing at things. And just the loans alone, if you look at the interest oh, rates yeah. that I'm paying. <laughs> She's got the whole thing on a spreadsheet. <laughs> Everyone's talking. Don't tell me you did you tip Bambi a dollar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She bust out the PowerPoint. Oh, God. Yeah. No. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. I've never uh, I've never, uh, never done this. But I, I wonder if if you get a lap dance into in today's world, uh, do you – do you get a tax? Uh, do, do, do you get <laughs> a receipt? Do you need like an I nine form? Uh, what What do you need to do? They probably have like those mobile. You know, when you go to the restaurant now, they have the like handheld thing. Would you like a receipt? And it prints it right out. Yeah. Maybe they do that. Maybe they're just standing there and like, okay, thank you so much. Uh, what was that three songs? Here's your receipt. You can expense that. I know. And you know, with so much automation kind of taking over certain, uh, you know, businesses. Businesses. You wonder. Well, how can they incorporate additional technology into uh, gentlemen's entertainment? Well, they're working on uh, AI now and those mm-hmm. robots. We were talking about that last week, Nagel and I. How long is it going to be until somebody makes an adult entertainment AI robot? You know? Yeah, um, you're absolutely right. I they're think- just hard workers. They can get up there. They can dance. They don't have to come off the stage for after a three-song set. They can go all day. You know, they're not going to complain. You're not going to catch them in the bathroom with their friends doing drugs. <laughs> Or maybe you will. Yeah, holog- hologram strippers would yeah. be uh, <laughs> would be terrific. But uh, but I don't know. I don't know what they're uh, what they're planning up there in Waitley. But oh, I got to tell you, you you folks are going to have some of the best dancing you've ever seen over I there. I like your idea of all of the people who have worked there over the years lining up to work there again. They should have a class reunion for uh, adult dancers the way they do for th- like you know what I mean. Yeah. No, like, I think it'd be you terrific. should come Tuesday. Why? 
Well, Tuesday's the 30-year class reunion. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Let's do it. You know? Yeah. Just be... out of curiosity. See yeah. what's going on. Who's got the biggest hysterectomy scar? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's got it? Well, listen, Who kept the implant? It seemed like a good idea until the 50th reunion. Yeah. When... <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. It's like, you know, one lady drowning her sorrows in a Mai Tai. <laughs> Uh, chain smoking unfiltered camels because that's all the, that's all the thrill she has left in her call the business uh the business consulting firm of baxadale for caproni <laughs> for all your needs for great business ideas uh listen if you are uh if you are a, a nautical sort and you're looking to be on a boat right. in this area mm-hmm. uh you might want to stay away from uh the river the, the pioneer valley riverfront club wants people to stay away from the torrential Connecticut River. It can't close the gate to its boat ramp at the North Riverfront Park. Uh, the gate uh, located between the parking lot and the driveway was under six feet of chocolate-hued river water. Chocolate-hued? Choc- yeah, very, very much like you almost expect hmm. Augustus Gloop to fall yes. into it Hello. while the Oompa Loompa is trying to roll him out. Uh, this is commensurate with a spring flood, said Ben Quick, executive director of the club. In my time, it's unprecedented. This is the worst I've seen in 10 years. Normally this time, we're praying for rain. And now with all the rain, uh, they're talking that the river, and here's, this is this is scary stuff. Because boaters were told yesterday they got to get their their yeah. uh, their boats out of the water and, and secured to the docks. I've never heard of that. That's never happened. The river is expected to crest late today and early t- or early tomorrow at uh, over 17 feet above sea level which is crazy having gone up more than eight feet in just 12 hours that's according to uh hydraulic predictions prepared by the national weather service uh according to a uh, to, to uh to ben quick this is something that we have never seen that eight feet of vertical gain translates to more than 20 more feet of river horizontally at the springfield ramp but that's just what's going on there. There's other areas where above uh, the Hoyoke Dam's got to be way worse, way worse. And then you know, there's also uh, there's the issue of of more sewage being dumped in the river because the the water levels uh, just can't sustain what's going on. Still as, looking for a sponsor for the turd cast. If any yeah. businesses out there, um, yeah, it's, it's it's getting bad. And thankfully, uh, there's uh, there's no immediate danger of rain today but they're still talking about you know there being serious flooding issues in the and i feel the bad man. all you people that i meet and love that are out on the river that usually are enjoying your summer sorry yeah this is not uh this is not a great season for boating or swimming in a river or yeah because what are even you gonna, drinking fresh water you know because what are you going to do this weekend i mean other than go to Loft Comedy Club on Saturday night and see Doug Key, who's a national headliner, a very funny guy. What else can you do? <laughs> Always be well, closing, baby. Club Always Ca- be plugging. Until Club Castaway opens up <laughs> next month. That's you're limited, oh, yeah, you're li- you're, yeah, that, that might want to strangulating the comedy business. Here's a great question. If Club Castaway calls you and says, would you like to cut the ribbon, do you do it? Of course. I feel like I do. <laughs> of course you would. Why? I feel like I would, not only would I do it, I'd be honored. <laughs> you know what? I would feel the same I mean, way. It's the pinnacle of my career. This, this is maybe one of my finest and most proud professional achievements yeah. is cutting the ribbon at a club cast. I mean, the, the broadcaster's Hall of Fame thing, yeah. that was nice. It's but fine. Is it tantamount to cutting a ribbon at a strip club that's been closed since the pandemic? So great. This is about economic <laughs> development. You get a key to Waitley. <laughs> <laughs>
They're like, you're like, here's the key to Waitley. You're like, it's just a coat hanger. Well, that's what we use to get in town hall. We don't really have a key. We, Jeb broke it back in 1982, and it's just, we just haven't had the budget. I use my Costco card to swipe <laughs> right. through. That usually gets me through. The It's going to be partly cloudy today, high of 90 tonight, clear, low of 65. And for tomorrow, mostly sunny. Springfield's Classic Rock, 852. And Pearl Jam with Bax and Nagel and Marty Caproni on Rock 102. Pearl Jam. Yes. I am old. Every time. It makes me think of how old I am now. That does? Yeah. Really? That Pearl Jam. I remember I remember when 10 came out and I was like, this is this new band's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I said that uh, this weekend when we were at uh, uh, the Hawkman's birthday party out in Ware. Oh, yeah. Right. This is out in Ware. You know, everyone there is from Ware and West Brookfield and all these places. And I said... I don't know if you guys get much radio out here, but you guys are gonna love this new nir- nir- this new band Nirvana when it comes out. It's really it doesn't end well, but you're gonna love it. <laughs> you uh, so for those of you who don't know, uh, the Hawkman is a guy who listens to our show every single day. He and, is. Uh, he's uh, he's in a wheelchair. He uh, is. Listens all the time. A great guy living in Ware, but uh, he had a 40th birthday party. He did. He invited. Everybody in the world, uh, including you, me, Steve, some other people that used to work here at one point. There was like political people there. There was like I saw pictures of people. I was like, it was an event. Yeah, Tim, Tim Rook went. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know? like, like you know, if you were gonna have a party, would Tim uh, Tim Rook would not be uh, like in the first fifty people I'd invite. Maybe not the first fifty, but if you invite 50, him at fifty-one through fifty-five, maybe he makes the list. He makes the cut, but, but he's going to make the party. That yeah. guy is going to make the party. That guy will show up to anything. There you go. If he's invited, he will show. <laughs> he showed, he showed. But we uh, we had a fun time. He wanted us to roast him, you know. And I was like, "Geez, you know." He's like, "Thank you so much for doing this." He said, "No, it's fine." I mean, how often do I get asked to drive out to the middle of nowhere in the country? <laughs> And make fun of a quadriplegic. It's uh, you yeah, know, yeah. it's uh, but that's what he wanted. That's and for his that's birthday. W- and that's what he got. Oh, it is what he got. Yeah, it um, is what he got. We couldn't go because you know we were on vacation. We weren't going to be back in time. But uh, but there's a part of me that said uh, I'm so glad that I didn't have to participate in roasting him because <laughs> you know I would have walked. Me being the sensitive type would have walked away feeling a certain level of guilt yeah and uh feeling like i might have said some things un- insensitive and maybe over the top i mean i opened with uh i opened with i don't know if i should say it on the air because people think i'm really cruel but you know how it happened is uh he had a uh he had a very bad uh accident running from the police when he was in his youth and i opened with uh i think we're all here at this party to celebrate uh, steve's driving <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there was a stunned look of horror, and yeah, him, he, yeah. him and his family were the only ones laughing because I think they knew what it was going to be. And we, Steve Nagel and I, didn't do a good enough job of explaining what we were asked to do. You know, all I can think of is that ever see uh, the producers? Yeah, yeah, uh, with Mel Brooks, yeah, yeah, yeah. the Mel Brooks film. And, and there's that point where uh, they sing "Springtime for Hitler" for the first, for the very first <laughs> time, and the crowd is just. Looking, you know, gape mouth is what they had just yes. seen. It took, like it took a minute or two before they realized this is this is a fantastic performance. But until that point, it was real dicey. Yeah, <laughs> like everyone's looking like, what did I just see? I'll tell you, in comedy, one of the funny things is you'll get asked to do uh, events. I, Nate Bargatze was really funny. He was talking about it, and I think a lot of us have had similar things where you show up at an event. He showed up at an event, and it was paying him very good money. And the guy was like, yeah. This guy's got a drinking problem. This guy and his wife are headed for Splitsville. This guy, this guy, and he gave him the whole list. And he's like, yeah, no, no, they all love it. They make fun of him. And he's up there.
there making fun of him, and no one knew. And they were all like, "Why would you say that?" And like the, the wife like runs out, runs out of the thing. The other guy, "You've been drinking again," you know. And it's like it's just like it's like one after another. And that has happened to a oh. lot of us. Well, see, that's that's the thing. Like I know, like like the roast battles, are yeah. like a, like a, a big thing in comedy, yeah. like the last couple of years or, or whatever. And Jeff Ross is like the guy. Yeah. That, kind of put that together that's fine if you're roasting like one other guy but there there is a line that sometimes happens during a roast where you just you know everything else everything above the line is fair game but everything below that line you you don't want to you don't want to touch because somebody Somebody is going to be striking a nerve. Well, uh, uh, during the pandemic, you know, you had to do a lot of these Zoom comedy shows. Yeah, there was no live shows. So trying to keep my head above water, I'm doing Zoom shows for Stop and Shop and all these big corporations and stuff. And uh, I was doing one for a cosmetics company based out of Boston, which I would love to tell you their name, but I should probably consult with a lawyer and also maybe my old manager first. Uh, <laughs> and and the guy who was uh, putting it on was like, no, listen, you got to roast the CEO. He's got a great sense of humor. It's going to be great. Blah, blah, blah. I said, okay. And I did, and I watched as people started laughing, and then I could see his face getting red and flushed and anger. Mm-hmm. And then I watched as employees were clicking off their cameras because they didn't want him <sighs> to see them laughing. And I still have not been paid for that show. <laughs> I wouldn't be holding your breath that you'll ever no, see a dollar. No, I, yeah, see, that's the problem. Especially you say, oh, you want to roast this guy. If the guy's not in on the fact he's about to be right. about to be roasted it's a bad idea right yeah i yeah. i you should always say does this person know i'll be roasting him yes, yes. if he doesn't then we're not going to be roasting him well the Hawkman, fortunately uh he was the one specifically asking to be roasted i mean he was sending stories to steve he sent a story about how when he was 12 he got a j tattooed on his bicep by his friend because he liked a girl named jessica or something right and uh and i said well you know yeah, can you imagine how upset your parents would be that you'd make some kind of foolish decision in your youth that could impact your future? As his mom was feeding him. And, and, and I'll tell you what, by that point, everyone in the crowd understood because they saw him laughing and his mom laughing and everything. Great yeah. people, great family. Well, that, too. But that's what he, but he wanted that. He, 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 he over the top wanted it, you know, but I think like his sister came to us and said, this is a funny story. When he was three, uh, we dressed him up as a girl for Halloween contest at the VFW here where, and he won, and he made a very cute girl. And I think she was innocent in saying that, and I said, you know, well, I was there, I said, you know, you could still do that. It's not like he can stop you. <laughs> oh my God, no. uh, it was fun. Oh, it, it, and I'll be honest, they couldn't have been – a nicer group of people, yeah. a more fun group of people, and that that kid Hawkman could not be a a better fan of the show than he is. There's no good, no doubt about yep, it. Yep, absolutely. It's eight fifty nine with Bax and Nagel and Marty Caproni on Rock one hundred two. Springfield's.